So this is the first episode of the Mystify podcast. Today's topic, uh, we're just gonna chat, talk off topic, and we're also gonna talk about, uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> VR. Yeah, the, the future of VR. VR, just VR in general, VR, what it is right now, and what it means to people. Who wants to start us off? Well, not extra, we just muted him, so... <laughs> no, I mute myself so I can do the throat clearing. I don't want the people to, in the podcast to be like, just trying to fall asleep. And like, <laughs> okay. So, I mean, this is our first podcast. This is our first time doing any of this. So it, it, Really, nobody knows what we're doing. But I think we just start off a casual conversation. You look so white right now. <laughs> yeah, it opens up Chrome. Okay. So, I think to make any sense of this whatsoever, we need to start off with where VR is right now. Because, where do you guys think VR is right now? Are we at the place where people genuinely want to be using it as kind of like a runaway spot? We're at the place of overpriced screen glued to your face right now. <laughs> I, th I think in the current climate, it's sort of, people want to pay for VR, but it's the games that they're still unsure about. And I think they've got to find that median of not paying yeah. too much. Like, like per Currently, VR is more of a gaming console than it is an alternate reality. People still... True. When you say you want to buy a virtual reality headset to your parents, they think it's going to be just for gaming, you know? They're like, oh my god, it's another toy. While I think companies are trying to get to the point where it's not just a toy. It's, we can run away from reality. It's like the Oasis. You guys watch Ready Player One? You guys seen that? It's a good movie. Kind of, yeah. I think I've watched bits of it, you know, mm. like the YouTube clips, etc, etc, et but nothing. Um, the yeah, kind I, think, of... I think Oculus, the new Oculus Quest really proves that it's more of a console because of the whole yeah. ecosystem. Uh, it's a standalone device, it's not like PC, you can just like unplug it and do other things. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, the Facebook account whole joining thing is mandatory, that just makes it so much worse. I think they want it to be a social platform, which is why they added the whole... Horizons. Yeah, exactly. The whole Facebook aspect to it. It People don't like that. When people go into VR, they want it to be anonymous. They want it to be a runaway, where they can run away from this reality that we live in, especially now during the pandemic. But with Facebook doing that, it doesn't really allow for that now, does it? Because now you're not anonymous anymore. And mm. I mean, you can say that you're anonymous because, I mean... Do you guys know? I, I haven't actually tested this out properly, but if you add someone as a friend on your Oculus list, can they see your Facebook account? Uh, no. No? If you got it no. private, you can't. Okay. But if you so, haven't set anything. But the thing is, it's not not anonymous. It's it's scary to people because they think it's not going to be anonymous and it's not gonna they're not going to be able to run away anymore. It's a way for Facebook to kind of police the environment, which people don't mm. like. You know what I mean? people don't like that especially games like vr chat where we want to be completely free we don't want to be policed as to what we can say or do we want to be who we want to be and then like you have facebook coming in and they're like nope this is this is you this is you people get to bully you now for the avatar that you chose in vr chat oh no <laughs> <laughs> me every every second i switch to furry avatar <laughs> but realistically where do we think vr is going as a platform I think it's going to become more versatile and end up in sort of business environments because you see a lot of people with like 
putting themselves into like conferences and Zoom mm -hmm. meetings. Um, what is it big screen implementing mm -hmm. that uh, feature where you can have like a green screen behind you? Yeah, yeah, like the whole camera. Got, yeah, yeah, the avatar. Like there are definitely certain aspects where yeah, people are going to be gaming, but there's also aspects of where the business side's coming into it and making you know that's why Facebook yeah. bought it. They you know they reinvented it and they've sold it sold it for so cheap because they are taking certain information. Yeah, and they're admitting. But exactly. what company doesn't? Yeah, true. As much as I hate Facebook, uh, I think we gotta thank them for like popularizing VR from the launch of Oculus 2. And for example, I got it, I've seen like a lot of ads outside actually and uh, on YouTube about Oculus 2. It's like just, uh, I think they're helping VR to become more mainstream. Yes, I, I have to agree with that. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on what way you look at it, Facebook is currently the only company pushing VR forward. That's true, that's true. Or at least that's the way I'm looking at it, because you could get people with the Index coming in and be like, Index, best headset, you know? I don't think that way. <clears throat> I think the controllers are amazing. I've never had the chance to use them. But I think the technology that they use is absolutely unbelievable from what I've seen. But apart from that, the headset's still wired, and it uses lighthouses, which I don't like. And don't forget 1,000... Dollars for like the yes, thing exactly. Price. That is a and big yeah. Not even including the PC that you have to build if you yeah. Have it. Exactly, it is a huge, huge negative because yeah. not everybody wants to spend that much money if they just want to <clears throat> test it out. You know, see what it's about, see if they want to join the environment. <clears throat> not everybody wants to join that, and even me, who's I would say pretty deep into the the whole of virtual reality, I don't want to buy an index. I don't want to spend a thousand euro on an index, you know? Yeah. That's a lot of money. I could buy a laptop for that price and have it be That's VR true. ready. Mm, exactly. And this this uh, what was it? I was in a VR chat lobby. This guy had an index originally and he said it was probably one of the worst headsets he had tried. He went to the Quest 2 and he said it was a much better experience because mm. it was wireless for one. You didn't have to have any sort of connections or cables. And they said that the screens were better, which I thought was interesting yeah that that's i think that's pretty interesting as well but a lot of people are saying the screens are better and a lot of people are saying that the index is actually the rma decks because everybody seems to be rmaing their controllers right now yes they go shiny as well i don't know how oh like, yeah i think i think the only thing i remember about index is just the the horror pictures of mm. like controllers having their like uh coding just being completely disintegrated yeah, or something yeah <clears throat> like but, i don't uh, know how a company like valve still hasn't gotten <clears throat> that under control because you'd think yeah. they'd make like a second iteration where this doesn't happen they've had a lot of time to do that how long has the index been out for like a year i will have a look i yeah, think it's I think been about a year yeah i think it's been about a year they've had a whole year to fix this but no they just keep sending out the same controllers actually you know what i may be wrong on that don't let's not actually quote me on that one they June may have 28 2019 yeah but the thing is, they may have had second iterations, and they may have tried fixing it, but it's clearly not working, because I'm still getting people telling me that they're still sending their index controllers back. So whatever they did, it's just not working. Which yeah. brings a very negative name to VR, you know? Oh, that's true. Like, people look at this €1,000 price tag, they're like, oh yeah, this must be premium. And if the premium one is crap, well, the, the cheaper ones must be even crappier. <laughs> It brings yeah. that sort of negative view on yeah. VR. 
Exactly. Like when you're paying a thousand euro for something, like if I pay a thousand euro for a phone, I expect it to not break within the next year, you know? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. people have the index and it breaks. But the thing is, is does it break due to user error, you know? But it's hard to say because there's so many people that buy it. Mm. And when, when like a thousand people come out and they say there's an issue, that's apparently applying to everything now, yeah. which isn't always the case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And like the Quest 2 controllers, they're pretty strong, you know? I have a hole in my wall from the Quest 2 controllers. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever, like, properly hit anything with your controllers. Yeah, oh, okay. I, <laughs> I did. I have a hole in my wall, and they're still intact. Like, my Quest 1 controllers, they have, like, paint on them from my wall, but they're still intact. So, like, yeah. why can't the Index do that, you know? What's what's up there? What's happening there? I think... I think since it's Valve like first headset, maybe they didn't consider things that could be different when using a VR headset. Is it their first headset? Uh, I think so. What if the it... HTC Vive? Mm. Wait, Vi- and the fact that HTC... we're iteration of working on the G2 as well. Mm. Wait, so we, we don't know what that's going to be like. On it, yeah, but like I mean, uh, this is their first uh, like headset that they work completely uh, on their solo own. On. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I they didn't it. consider, they probably didn't consider things like uh, that VR headset uh, and like just the controls in general can be abused a bit more than just like a, a gamepad or mm. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never thrown a gamepad before, but I imagine this thing <laughs> wouldn't withstand very much, to be honest. Okay. No. Um. Yeah, actually, actually, I think uh, controllers, uh, people who know how to make this, for example, mixed reality, I uh, just noticed that my controls, the, especially the ring part, mm-hmm. they can be hit a lot. It's like made out of this kind of mix of uh, soft-ish and the uh, normal plastic, and it's mm-hmm. like that kind of plastic that's definitely made to be like smashed a lot of times. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know what the CV1 controllers looked like, but I had the CV1. It actually had the rings facing down instead of facing up and let me tell you what happened there is the controllers were way more abused than your hand and then they made them face up and now every time you hit something you hit your hand instead of the controller i think they're using humans as meat shields (laughs) honestly this is just truth be told that's what i'm thinking uh, I think they took that turn there as a company. Jeez. But heading back to kind of like the main topic, what are we thinking is like the next step for VR? What do companies need oh, to do to get people? I know. I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna have, I have an idea. You do? Like, okay, no, go not, ahead. Not really an idea, but like <laughs> something that you already made a video on not so long ago. I think uh, with the increasing speed and uh, basically accessibility of fast internet, uh, I think cloud VR gaming mm. is is like a future possibility. Of course, mm. even like standard cloud gaming is not perfect. There's still delays. And mm. when it's <clears throat> VR, it's very crucial to have almost no delay. But I feel like uh, if talking about the future, like real future, I feel like there's a probability for VR headsets to use like uh, cloud-based uh, yeah. Like they could go 5G. The XR2 does have 5G capability. Yeah, because you, you know G? the also- what, yeah, Wi-Fi 6, yeah. 5G, uh, 5G is I'm different to 5 gigahertz. So 5G is yeah, a like, lot of diff- yeah, go there's ahead. a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of uh, benefits that, uh, and just like improvements a VR headset can uh, get if it goes, uh, if it goes basically cloud-based because, uh, for example, you don't have uh, to have any 
sort of uh, extreme hardware to process this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and basically what we get is lighter headsets possibly yeah. smaller thinner and more compact and yes yes because the all of that. a big problem with them right now is they're still they're still big boys like True, this yeah. yeah if you could show the quest 2 because i don't have my quest 2 right now but they are still like as that is a lot smaller than this like we've come oh, yeah. a long way honestly but you can still feel it's there and preferably i don't know if you guys ever watched the um the xr2 kind of trailer but in that hmm. trailer they were showing the fact that we could be having vr glasses with the xr2 in it being like super super slim super super thin and that would be the way we're looking at it and so and so sort of things become more accessible and you don't notice them as much exactly you're fully immersed that's when it'll be a more mainstream thing. would they call that xr though like are we heading towards the future of xr where artificial reality and virtual reality kind of collide and it it's becomes difficult one. to pinpoint mm -hmm. yeah because also I something uh i want to add to like that will make vr headsets more compact that's like very important as well is uh probably like a different display and lens technology because mm -hmm. for now it doesn't uh let us do like make a short distance between the lens and the display mm -hmm. because if, if we're gonna like shorten the distance we may uh, be able to like do the kind of like you know like these uh steampunk style glasses mm -hmm. because i think of, uh, huawei this. have been and and bully me all you want for the way i pronounce that name <laughs> i think they've been experimenting with that they made these like really tiny glasses where the lenses were like this close to the screen except they were only three doff they weren't six doff but it was an experiment mm -hmm. and it did work so yeah we're, we're heading there, we're heading there. But I think we can all agree on the fact that kind of first step would be to make them all smaller, slimmer, yeah. more accessible. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where... Yeah, I think that's where the future needs to be heading. What do you guys think about um, haptics in VR? How important is that towards the future? I like the idea. Oh, it is important, yeah. Yeah. I love <laughs> the way you just both instantly agreed on it. And I mean, <laughs> I agree with you as well. It's why I'm so excited about the B haptics. <clears throat> because it's, it's a lot cheaper exactly as well. it is um i don't know if you've like looked into it properly i actually didn't you didn't okay <laughs> oh my god your face just like boom lit up. <laughs> for the thank you google <laughs> and then it's how much is for the 41 yes it's like 400, see that's the big thing for me it's oh, 400 no. for the 41 or the 16 one i'm not no 16 300 16 300 yeah, yeah. 40 is 400 interrupt. and here's the thing right this is this is the big problem that i really want to ask your guys opinion on which one would you go for because i would go for the 41 instantly i mean it's 100 pounds more yes dollars because if you look at it from the quest standpoint mm -hmm. people pay that extra 100 for more storage it's mm -hmm. it's your use case if you're more into vr then you would get the 40 if you're into the 16 you know you're yeah. not going to be as do you know what the uh, best part is the haptic vest plus the quest 2 would still cost you less than an index just saying <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and you get a few base stations of pucks exactly and still be exactly but the thing for me is i would go for the 40 because for me the 16 doesn't make much sense if you saw the mo uh, the motor placements on the 16 it's good it's really good for people on a budget however the 41 
it would it looks like it would allow you to feel if somebody went like this with their finger on their on your body. Ooh. The sixteen yeah. one, it's just kind of like you'd feel something here and then you'd feel something here and then you'd feel like there's only more a few chunky. points exactly more yeah. chunky yeah big chungus you know. <laughs> but oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I'd go for the forty. I feel like the sixteen would almost make me lose immersion if you get what I'm saying. I'm yeah, sure yeah. it wouldn't. But that's the way I kind of see it in my head. Um, but yeah, which one would you guys go for? Which one? I don't really, I haven't really studied it, but I would definitely go for the one that's more immersed because, like, I don't think it's, I don't consider this uh, one that's like uh, divided by segments mm-hmm. to be like very immersive. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just like a gimmick toy or something. I don't think mm. it's uh, worth it yet. Yet, yet. And also, these things have motors in them. Um, I'm sure you guys know about this, mm-hmm. but. Do you think we're heading towards a place where we won't be using motors anymore and we'll be using like electric, static electricity? That, yeah, that great electricity. Of- <laughs> I prefer the- until it gets to the point where we can feel hot, cold, different sensations like furry textures or mm. uh, like concrete or mm-hmm. like d- different things. That that's when it'd be like people <clears throat> think, oh, I'm gonna buy that because yeah. it's it actually makes a difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. and I think. For feeling textures, etc., electrostatic energy would be the way to go. Because when I say electrostatic, you guys are probably thinking, like, you touch something and you, like, die instantly, you know? (laughs) But, no, uh, electrostatic kind of pulses can be used to simulate different things. They can... They've been proved to stimulate muscles before. It's kind of creepy, and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because... I'm not a scientist, and I can only I imagine think... the amount of things I would get wrong. But do you guys? Are you guys aware of that? Are you guys? Do you know anything about that? I think I I've really tried something it. that kind of gave me the same sensation the static would give, but it just feels weird as shit when something flows through your like hand or mm. something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Either some, something to go. You have to get used to, or I, I don't even know. It's just it feels weird. It would have to be done right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like if a company Definitely. makes one of these and they rush it and they release it and it's bad, people are going to turn away from it, you know? It yeah, needs to be done right where other companies can kind of follow suit. Um, another thing that I'm thinking is, how important do you guys think for the future for VR is locomotion? Our current kind of modes of locomotion and the way we move around, teleportation, joystick, all that sort of stuff. How do you feel I about don't that? mind it because I don't really get sick in VR mm. as such. It, it, it depends on person. So if that was there, sure, I would use it. And if it, we had the, um, like the things in Ready Player One where you actually walk and you know, yes. you can move yeah, in a sense I mean, too. I think different locomotion modes are pretty important because like uh, I think customization basically in locomotion type of modes is important as well because... Uh, for example, I'm fine with just moving properly without teleportation, mm-hmm. but like the um, the snap turn actually really helps me because I tried like smooth turn, mm-hmm. and when I just turn the joystick, my brain just freaks <laughs> the hell out, and it's just like, uh, how? Why is why is everything moving but you're not moving? And then I'm just having like a headache or something. So, I still remember the first time I got motion sick, and this was actually like when I started training myself, training my body to just not feel motion sick, and that was when I did Minecraft in VR Vivecraft, and I went flying in creative, and I was just going, and I I fell over and hit my hand against my bed. It hurt (laughs) so much, 
And like, <clears throat> that was the Ooh. first and last time I decided, you know what? No, 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 no. We are making this better. <laughs> like in VR chat, I can understand what you're saying, but I've never had that issue. Mm -hmm. Like first day in, I, I think it's because I've realized that I'm grounded. I'm not yeah. always fully immersed, so I don't get that. That's a I think problem. it got me like only one day to get used to VR chat's uh, just constant movement. Yes, but you see, you. what you said there <clears throat> is very interesting. You always know you're grounded. You're not fully immersed. Now, this is this is going to cause controversy for whoever watches this. But are you guys ever fully immersed? It depends on scenario. Okay, so if fair. I'm in a... Pff, something, something that has to really capture my attention. So like Half-Life Alex, for example, mm -hmm. very, very attention-seeking game. You have to really look into the story. Mm -hmm. And that that... that that definitely gets me in. But if I'm a lioness character in VR chat, then I'm not. I'm not really gonna be <laughs> thinking. Oh yeah, I'm really immersed. It's scenario based. Like, for example, I don't know. I just it's kind of a weird example, but I feel more immersed when in Beat Saber I'm just looking at things or playing easy levels. But then things get heated and I'm, I'm like sweating or like mm. my lenses are getting foggy. This is where the immersion breaks. And I just remember <laughs> that I'm in the video game in some mm. crappy video game that makes me just want to die. Because of how hard it is. Something. Exactly. And that's a big thing for me as well. A lens fogging and a light bleed through the nose absolutely killed my immersion. Which I is gotta why have no light bleed, but you... my face pad is really bad. I really want to <laughs> yeah. change it, honestly. This is quite bad for it. it... This especially. I you noticed see, it a I lot I wouldn't know here. because I got sent the VR cover one and I can't even test it. And nobody <laughs> else got the VR cover one, which actually triggers me because I'm advertising it and no one can buy it. Like, where is the VR cover at? Oh, yeah. Pass it through the screen, I'll test it out for you. We'll do a review <laughs> <right> <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Just throws it at the camera. Oh god. Yeah, no, let me tell you, um, the VR cover for Lightbleed, absolutely, unbelievably amazing. And the second they release it, I totally recommend you guys get it. Because it's it's insane. The Lightbleed is completely gone. And the nose flaps, because they're made out of this like weird silicone, it's actually comfortable. Because I've tried a lot of different nose flaps to stop from Lightbleed, and... A lot of them, if I'm not sure if you guys know what I'm talking about, but they can totally take the immersion out because you always feel mm. something on your nose. You know, you feel something touching you here. You're like, damn, this mm. is this um. is kind of weird. But um, here it's done correctly, and you just stop feeling it. It's it's like going, it's not there. Going back to Huawei's glasses, mm -hmm. I think uh, these kinds can like actually help with the uh, uh, light bleeds. Uh, after it's gonna get developed more, there's gonna be just none because it's fully covering your eyes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah, just certainly. Nose awkwardly halfway. No, I, I honestly, totally... honestly, I cannot don't understand the the whole like nose thing because I feel like there's there can be already VR headsets developed where they just like cut out the whole awkward part right here and just leave it for eyes and maybe it's gonna like uh, it's gonna be like obstructing. In here a bit, but your nose or half of your nose is not going to be inside of it already. I feel VR. Possible. That's interesting. Yeah, go I ahead. I feel VR is going into sort of the AMD. You know how they had their issues. They had FX, Athlon yes. wasn't great, like Virtual Boy, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And now it's slowly getting better. People are going, actually, that's a better value. That has, that offers this, that, that. Yeah, like, it's. It's how you look at it and how things progress. So yeah. that's that's why I definitely went with Ryzen instead of a 9900K. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different Yes, certainly, aspects. certainly. Yeah. And we're going to get more into the issues after the break.
So just before the break, we were talking about how AMD's drivers were just horrible at the beginning, causing issues, causing crashes. And I think a big part of VR is how companies deal with these problems over time because a lot of companies have issues to begin with. Like, for example, I don't know if you guys remember the first Oculus Quest. It was criticized for its tracking. It had a lot of problems at the beginning of launch. And I think at the very beginning, if I was given the option, you know, I'm not gonna say if, because I was given the option, either by the Rift S or by the Oculus Quest. And Facebook showed off the Oculus Quest as a standalone device. And they, they never said anything about the link. Really? Exactly. And, you know, some people are speculating, you know, that could be the fact that they had a deal with Lenovo, that could be all of that stuff. But I was told, hey, that thing, PC VR, and instantly your head thinks, you know what, standalone VR can never be as good as PC VR. And so I went for the Rift S. And then in Oculus Connect, they released the link. And I was so triggered. I instantly went and purchased the Oculus Quest. So I guess what I'm trying to ask you guys is seeing all these companies, voice crack, update all of their headsets over time, add new features. How good do you think standalone VR is going to be? Or can we even get standalone VR to the point which PC VR is in? It and I'm not talking cloud gaming. Yeah, it's a, it depends on how they develop like SOCs and how much RAM they're sticking into them because sticking a decent amount of RAM on a chipset like mm -hmm. that is going to be difficult. It I mean, is. They did it with the new Apple Macs. They put 16 gigs on the M1 mm -hmm. and nobody thought they would do that. And it's sort of, it, it's difficult to say because like five years ago, a 980 Ti was stupidly good. Yeah. And then you look at it now and it's like one of the, it's a right 1080p card and nobody was gaming at 1080 then. And it's doing all right. Yeah. Technology is one of those things that just kind of gets upgraded really, really fast, you know? Mm. You can get a new phone half a year and it's obsolete. You yeah, know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, going back to that uh, thing about you said uh, about the virtual boy. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically, I was, uh, I remember I was like in the retro game expo and they had a bunch of consoles and one of them, they actually had the uh, virtual boy there. And uh, it was kind of a while back, but if I'm not mistaken, if my memory is all right, I feel like there was there. I don't think I see any improvement uh, if you compare the FOV Virtual Boy to new headsets. Because uh, that's a big. I roast. think the FOV, the FOV is just the same. That's a big roast to all headset it's manufacturers and resolution that's changed. So I think that's what's good. Yes. Yes. How? Oh, and probably be they're now less bulky than Virtual Boy because Virtual Boy literally had to stand on the table <laughs> yeah. to use. It. And you know, this is a common thing I'm seeing, and it kind of triggers me. But I'm not gonna roast anyone in particular. But people think the human eye can only see 60 FPS, and it's 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 genuinely a thing on Google. If you search up how much FPS can the human eye see, first result comes up 60 FPS. So I'm just there like, yeah, exactly. I saw your face there. I saw <laughs> and I'm just it's, there it's like, irritating. wait, if I can only see 60 FPS, how come when I switch my phone from 60 Hertz to 120 Hertz, it's like a whole new world. You know why? You know why? You know why these exist? Why? So I showed my mom a uh, comparison. So I basically showed her off my new monitor. Uh -huh. And I showed her a comparison between a 60 FPS video and 144 video. And she didn't say any difference. 
So I'm pretty sure that's just the older generation. They either don't see the difference or like they just don't care about the technology as much. I don't want to, to roast anyone here, as I said in particular. Like, my mom, she can't see the difference between 1080p and 4K, but maybe that's just because we're looking at it on a phone. What if mm. I like gave her oh, like, yeah. you know, a 4K TV Ow, She could probably see that, right? Like if, if it was big enough, like the Oculus Quest 1, screen door effect. You increase that resolution on the Quest 2, can you see the screen door effect? Not really. Exactly. And plus that, that going from 72 to 90 is like a 25% increase. I noticed that immediately. Exactly. And people say they don't see the difference. And I mean, maybe they don't. I'm so sorry if I'm roasting anyone here that I shouldn't be. Maybe you don't see the difference. But trust me, looking for it. it's there. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case. You know, some people are telling me they don't see the difference on the Quest 1 after the new 23 update. The new 23 update gave the Quest 1 a higher pixel density, meaning the resolution was basically upped. And people can't see it. And I think that's because they can't see it side by side. They're yeah, going true. from yeah, one yeah. to the other, and that's it. It's like when I was playing a remaster of Saints Row 3, like when you look at the videos side by side character comparison, there's like, you can see a huge difference between the character models, but when you play the remaster, you don't really remember how the original game looked like. You just play it and you don't really notice anything off. Yes, exactly. Let me, let me actually just grab my second phone. Um, so, I think people are too fixated on the game to notice those things. Maybe. Because there's so much going on. Maybe. So, let me just... I'm, I don't know how I'm going to show this, because holding two phones is just not a good idea. <laughs> this is 120 FPS. Look I at that. that. Look at that. I can notice that. This is 60. Yeah, actually, the, the kind that. of motion blur that the camera gives actually helps determine how it's like... Like, yeah, I can actually see way smoother. And people say the human eye can only see 60. I, I don't know, guys. I, <laughs> at that point, we don't even need the index. If, if we can only see 60, what's the point of 144? I, I think I'm out. I need to sell this monitor, get a 60 hertz one. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and then there's also people who are like, who literally can't stand 144 and they need to go for 240. Yes, exactly. I yeah, I'm on 144. I noticed it massively going from my other monitor to this. Like, yeah. It's only 1080p, but I, I don't see, really need it. I don't see a huge difference between 90 FPS in the game and 144 full FPS. But like maybe it's slightly smoother, but it's not like a crucial difference to me. So 60 to 120 is a massive difference because okay. that's 50% yeah. increase. It's like, a people huge, that. huge difference. Because, you know, this conversation was kind of striked up when... I released the video that the Oculus Quest 2 might be getting 120 hertz, and there was a lot of misconception in the comments section, but okay, um, people didn't really read the article, but that's where it all started. People were like, what's the point of 120 if you can only see 60 anyway? Like, ouch. <laughs> but yeah, basically, I guess where I'm heading is, do we think FPS is a problem? Do we think we need... 240 in VR for it to feel immersive, or is is a uh, 90 120 enough? I'll Until probably, we get that, I'll probably know. say 120, maybe over 90 actually. But I think that's the the peak of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get that. I get that. Because there is actually kind of a there's still lack of smoothness sometimes if you like look really close and mm -hmm. compare 90 to 120, for example. But 
Yeah, it's not that crucial, but still for like free immersiveness, yes. I think 120 is enough. And it does help with motion sickness. I have noticed that. It actually does. As much as I don't have motion sickness, Eddie, whom I gave the headset to, he does. So Ooh. that that Personal. helps. Yeah. yeah, that totally <clears throat> helps. True. Um, it's like graphics cards. If you want a certain experience, then get a certain card. But exactly. if you want a higher thing like 3090 for like production work, loads of different things, that's that's why leading into graphics cards and CPUs, people don't always know what to get because there's so many different misconceptions yes. and new uh, fabrication processes different core speeds. I mean, FX, they hit five gigahertz, but it mm -hmm. still wasn't as good as Intel. Like, I think people were just a little bit uneducated with it. Mm -hmm. like, and like, yeah, we were on. talking about AMD encoders uh, earlier on. You said you were worried about that. However, I read on Reddit, this could be completely wrong again, because as we all know, Reddit is just, you know, masterpiece. Nothing anyone says on Reddit is incorrect. Reddit moment. <laughs> but... <laughs> I read on Reddit that AMD graphics cards have the best VR encoder, and that could be completely incorrect. However, I don't see NVIDIA making an AMD VR streaming thing. You know what I'm talking about? Because AMD has that. AMD has that streaming for VR. I made a video on it there a few days ago. You can stream VR straight from your headset to the AMD Radeon drivers mm. and use their built-in encoder. So, NVIDIA fans, okay, but I think AMD might be... They're, I'm switching from NVIDIA, so... <laughs> I, um, I didn't, I'm going to be real with you. I haven't checked out the specs of the 6800 XT or any of those cards. I haven't compared them to NVIDIA's cards. I've just been hearing rumors. So, like... 60, go on. No, no, you, you, you go on, go on. So 6800 XT, I believe it has 72 CUs in the 5000 shader core range. Uh -huh. And they've all got ray tracing per core or like mm -hmm. shader core. Um, I think someone overclocked it to 2.65 gigahertz oh, yes, on overclocking. it. Overclocking. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they're insane for what they're actually getting out of it. Because AMD, um, AMD graphics cards, you can definitely do it. But NVIDIA, they are struggling with overclocking you get like a five percent increase mm. which isn't really worth it for what the amount of power draw that you're I've taking i've had so many nvidia cards die on me honestly and it's not even because of overclocking it's because of overheating and you could Mine say died. yeah and you could say that's the fault of the manufacturer but i'm kind of scared for my 2016 now that's like the cheapest one and it has like the shittiest uh cooling solution to Look, it. I'm not here to roast NVIDIA. I'm just speaking from my experience. <clears throat> I have yeah. their graphics card inside my laptop and it's amazing. It's honestly incredible. I couldn't ask for anything better, but I'm just speaking from experience. Um, yeah. That we're, now that we're on the topic of graphics cards and PC VR and kind of gaming in general, we're looking at prices for VR games. What what are you guys thinking? Because I would honestly look not only for prices, but just in general VR games. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? Because that's a whole topic <laughs> yeah. on its own. That is yeah. a whole whole topic on its own. I after Half Life Alex okay. came out. Can you I know. Tr can I try beginning? Yes, you can try beginning. Okay. So uh, basically, why I think people some people don't want to buy VR games right now, or like are not ready to spend as much as uh, they offer, or for how much price. It, for how much price it offers. But mm. uh, I, I think it's because uh, people have higher standards from like flat screen games mm -hmm. and there's like graphics and gameplay. It's all uh, 
people got used to the AA tiles and with most of people. Yes. And uh, basically, you don't get that in VR. And for example, also, uh, VR basically is just a new platform and uh, it's not really developed right now. Honestly, no, but seriously, Valve did kill it with Half-Life Alex. Absolutely. Yeah, it's literally, it's, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is one of the titles that's like 100% worth buying. And you know, another one is Boneworks. That, oh, yeah, those physics are insane. Honestly, those are the physics but, we need in VR. Yes, but most uh, VR games for now are still in experimental kind of state. Now we're not trying to roast any VR devs no, here. No, we're not roasting. We're just uh, it's because uh, devs need some time to adapt to understand exactly. how people play VR games and what would someone want in a VR game and yes. uh, all of that. And Valve. They, they did a few of these, didn't they? I think they released another game back in the day. <clears throat> or did they not? Am I totally wrong? I think um, they have like the kind of a free uh, test version for Steam VR headsets. Yeah. Where it's like these uh, little the uh, stickmen. It's called the, the, lab. Yes, yeah, the, lab, the Lab. That was actually pretty good. But you see, this is the problem. Valve makes these absolutely incredible games. But they're only one company. And... They can only release, like, one of those per three years. Mm -hmm. Like, they released this one for the creation of the Index, I believe. And, mm -hmm. I mean, that makes sense, of course. I'm not going to say that Valve should be releasing hundreds of games, because games need time to be developed. You guys see what's happening to Cyberpunk. Like, games do need time. But we need yeah. more of these big games. People will be willing to pay for them. Like, people are willing to pay the, I don't know, 60 euro, I think it is, for Half-Life Alex or 80. People are willing to pay that. Three, I think it is for me. Yeah. I'll have to look. People are willing to pay that. People are willing to pay it, but the game needs to be good. Like <clears> it needs to be <throat> a triple A title. So they could easily make their money back. I'm I could be wrong here, but I believe they made their money back on Half Life Alex. I I I hope they did, because they yeah, totally deserve it. Um But you do have some really incredible games. Like it's not just Half Life Alex. But Half-Life Alex is the one I would stack up as AAA title, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's what I would stack up as AAA mm -hmm. title. And like Axe was saying, we have the flat screen games that just look absolutely unbelievable. But people don't realize they're easier to run. On VR headsets, yeah. you're normally running two panels, right? Two panels. Oh, high resolution. Yes, exactly. Oh, at, high frame rate. Yes, exactly. So also, that's like, wanted to add something. Mm -hmm. uh, you basically said like the AAA titles. That's what people want. But also, I think uh, making like a solid indie project. Yes. That, for example, like job simulator and vacation simulator. You, it's like it's not like a big game or anything, but it's kind of hard people to guess love what people love. I want. love those. I I like yeah. those. I like those types of games, but. An interesting topic I saw, and we're not going to go like really deep into this, but I saw it in chat there a few days ago. NVIDIA has that weird thing where you can link two graphics cards together, don't they? And, yeah, SLI. Yeah, and somebody was talking about having one graphics card render one eye and having the other one render the other eye and split think, the load. Uh, I th you know what? I think uh, someone started it, but I think that's that was me who was talking about like doing two for the yeah. both eyes. But I don't think that's how it act normally works. It's just was, it was just like an idea. I think you could have it only on the thirty ninety now. There's no support for it in the lower stack. 
Yeah, Seriously? also kind of dropped it. Mm-hmm. Like I think it, it was further discussed that like they dropped the support of SLI and like it's not popular anymore. That's it's hard to sad. develop for it because yeah, it's very it sad. It could have worked exactly like you said because I don't know if you guys watched Linus's 8K gaming video, but that is exactly what he did. He did cards in SLI and he plugged all the monitors and each mo- each graphics card was rendering one monitor. If I'm correct, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that could work. And that could split the load. And it would get people to buy the lower-end graphics cards as well. Because you'd be splitting the load against them too. Mm-hmm. But of course, that wouldn't work for the companies. Because companies want you to buy the most expensive, oh, newest oh, one. Nah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, that's a thing. But looking at the newest graphics cards coming out. And like the new CPUs. Are, are you guys thinking that's uh, that's very important for VR? Because we're looking at PC VR right now, of course. I think as long as you've got, I think eight cores is a sweet spot for VR. Mm. I honestly don't know how much I have right now. Let me just check that six. real fast. I, I, I'd say I probably have six. Six, six I, cores, twelve threads. I think the thirty-six hundred. I, I have, have four eight. cores, but the only problems I get when I play VR on the four core processor is honestly only when I try to like stream it. But that's about it. But like. You see, the people are still worried about money. And I mean, that makes sense. As we said at the very beginning, a lot of this is very expensive. But looking at VR-ready PCs, am I the only one that thinks you can get a decent VR-ready PC for under a thousand euro? Or is that like... I'm pretty sure, yeah. You can. I mean, a 1660 Super would do VR completely fine. Like, no issues. And like, this is the worst part about uploading these videos. You upload a video and you're like, oh, best budget laptops. And you're like, okay, so the cheap laptops, they're like a thousand euro. And people are like, a thousand? That's not cheap. But like- It is for laptops. Exactly, yeah. it is for laptops. That's the reason why I'm still rocking this six-year-old laptop I have. <laughs> like you have to set your expectations. This is technology we're talking about. Technology was never cheap. When I say yeah. cheap, I mean cheap for technology. Yes. Um, not cheap I'm pretty sure in old, the big term. I'm pretty sure old school computers that were like running single color uh, and uh, all of that. They were pretty. I'm pretty sure they were like actually more expensive than what we can get right now. Yeah, mm, people yeah. just forget linking, it. Linking back to your topic of how things are expensive. I mean, people that own the 20 series, like 2080 Ti users, their graphics cards are selling for 450, 500 yeah. now. Where mm. It was a fat 1,200 for a decent AIB model. Yeah. And they've lost that bu- budget and they're scared and they put it on eBay for that low price <laughs> and people are buying it. But I think a big part of this now is scalpers as well, you know? Scalpers just trying to steal oh, no. the newest GPUs, the newest consoles, the newest everything and just listing it off as very high price. That's very unfair. But talking about prices again, I kind of, I still want to hop back to that topic of VR game prices because... It's not just VR game prices, you know? I made a... I said on one of the videos that people were saying on the Discord that VR games are expensive. And instantly all the console people hopped in and they were like, What? You think VR games are expensive? Look at console games. I don't know what console games are like. I don't own any console. Um, I love my PC. Can you guys speak on that a little bit? What what are you thinking here? Console games can be expensive. They can? Yeah, but honestly, I tried... I already like talked to this on this topic with my friends from Russia and basically um, what for example Steam does and why people in Russia prefer to play on PC than console and they all say like oh console games are so expensive is because what Steam does 
and uh, I'm talking about Steam because like I don't see any other uh, game store is yeah. doing this. Steam is uh, doing this region price thing. For example, if I go right now on uh, Steam and uh, I search up, uh, said uh, Half Five Alex. Mm -hmm. So okay, so I see the price of it, and then I'm gonna like get it. Oh my god, it's just like lit up <laughs> <browsing>. again. <laughs> I I forgot. I forgot. I have a calculator on the, okay. here. The currency calculator. Because the okay, second you're so done with this, I'm gonna hop in with something real fast because it's in my head, and you guys know that feeling where something is just gonna hop out of your head if you don't say it. Okay. So, uh, how much is Half Life, Alex, for you, Mister? Like fifty. Like, yeah, for me, I think it's sixty euro on the dot. Sixty. Okay. Forty-five for me. Okay. So, uh, in the Russian store, I still can access it because I have a credit card still active. It's. Uh, Fourteen dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> Fourteen. And I think Cyberpunk pre-order is twenty-six. Can you buy it for me? <laughs> no, I can't. That's what the regional lock is for. So basically, what I'm saying is, Russian people and maybe people from other countries that are that have like lower prices because of like economics and uh, uh yeah all of that they probably think console games are more expensive because just console don't bring down prices uh, on based on regions yes and but for example okay. in france <laughs> if i compare prices in france for video games on uh consoles and on steam they're literally the same price so if i if i'm like looking at this from french perspective uh i wouldn't really complain because they're basically the same price that's fair. That's fair. But I want to say, I think Steam has a monopoly here. Um, and I'm not mm -hmm. necessarily saying that's a bad thing, but you guys know Viveport? I, I spoke about Viveport there a few days ago, and I, you truly learn a lot of interesting things when making these videos. But I think if we had more services like Viveport, a lot more people would be interested. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Where you pay a certain price monthly and you get this whole library of VR games. Oh yeah, Viveport yeah. is cool. Yeah. Except, Viveport is cool in theory, and then you go onto it, and it doesn't really have any of the AAA titles, etc. There should be there should be something like game Xbox Game Pass, but for VR. Yeah, I think Game Pass exactly. is, has a very good. There number. definitely should be, and I think that will come with the future of VR. Yeah, because like I didn't see Microsoft besides mixed reality doing anything involving stores or Xbox VR or anything. Like for now, they don't have anything to offer. Yeah, especially if. For example, Oculus makes their own streaming service. They could add all the games as a subscription service. You know, that could work. That could be a bright future uh, for anybody that doesn't care about Facebook login. And then everyone else <laughs> is in this little bubble where Facebook is still the only people pushing VR forward, unfortunately, right now. Unless the deck of gear works out as well as the, we think it will. But that's that's all like a whole topic of its own. Yeah. To conclude our little conversation here, I think Facebook is the only people kind of currently right now pushing VR forward at a price for consumers because yeah. we are the consumers. We're not going to pay a thousand euro for a headset. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? And people are willing to sell their privacy for that low price. And it's yeah. unfortunate, but it's a thing. And for VR to kind of continue going that needs to change we need to have more companies come in change that and that will happen over the time so yeah uh, you said about like consumers i 
well what i don't like right now is that some companies uh well some companies have started vr just for like business yeah. but other companies like htc for i don't see really and any actual reason why they're doing this but they're going business and uh, that's kind of a kind of like what drives people away from vr and like not yeah, it even... makes them think that it's for business and not for the consumer mm-hmm. it makes them think uh, like, and not only that but, but like if if companies do that they just don't have anything to offer to consumers and i don't really honestly i don't really see any uses of vr in businesses except like showcase of some project or something like yeah that. yeah and besides that also uh Unfortunately, businesses get like the best headsets for now. Like uh, the makers of headsets uh, do put out like best of the best specs out there for businesses. I mean, that's I guess that's because businesses, you know, they're willing to pay more. They have a huge budget. True. And but, but that goes feel... back to the point of us consumers <clears throat> just not willing to pay that price, you know? But maybe, maybe, just maybe, uh, there's a chance that them going on businesses first is just them testing it out and then selecting like the hardware that's good for the price and uh, may will make them profit and mm. will also uh satisfy consumers i feel like they're just testing it out with businesses right now well i mean that's a bright future for consumers in that case but to finish our lovely little chat here off what do we think is the biggest barrier to vr right now and i want everyone's <laughs> opinion on this so for me i'm personally going to say right now it's price and i know that the oculus quest 2 has kind of made that obsolete however people don't like the fact that that has facebook login so i'm still going to say price versatility i'd say because you're still confined to a wire unless you have a quest 2 but then you don't have the graphics mm-hmm. horsepower of a computer and if you don't have a computer then you can't buy it and yes. then there's a lot of things linking into it so that's why you can't pinpoint it to one so i'd say versatility yeah yeah we're, we're creating uh, a triangle here <laughs> i would say uh probably things like motion sickness and just some people not really seeing the future in it because it looks just too simple and it's just like some people are aware that they're just looking into the screen and it's nothing special yeah and i have a friend who just says that oh it's a gimmick he actually tried like real vr but ouch uh, i think he says that because of the motion sickness part like he he has uh, some difficulties with it and mm-hmm. that's what all makes him say it's a gimmick and uh, think like that well, I think, yeah, motion sickness. Yeah, I know, um, I, I know a lot of people that would think it's a gimmick. So, we've created our little triangle of barriers to VR, guys. Uh, this was a great first podcast. I'm really happy with this. Uh, thank you all for just being here, creating this lovely thing that we just created. And uh, to everyone listening, hope you tune in next week. And uh, yeah, see you guys.